With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This episode of After the Whistle contains profanity. Listener discretion advised. Please enjoy. Don't stop because of the recording. I can edit all this shit out. You're good. What do you got? Star Wars on? May the fourth be with you. Missed it by a day. Are you guys surprised when Craig sent me last night? Send us the grades. Yeah, he wanted to get his homework done. Were you surprised that I had the grades still? I had mine in my little notebook. So, oh, so you you kept your own grades of just your grades, or yeah, I don't have, I don't have, I don't have your guys' grades. Okay, I have everybody's, but are you at least surprised? Are you somewhat surprised? I I am surprised. No, you're no. I'm I'm not not even gonna lie to you. I'm not surprised one bit. You're a great host. (laughs) You're a great lead. You're a great lead to this Uh, show. Yeah, great lead. Great lead. This is a great lead. When you're the leader, when you're the leader, you just get things done, Petey. Thanks, buddy. You know what it's all about. You you wore a real C. (laughs) 
I wish we still had video right now. <laughs> hey, hey, Jill, we talked about this yesterday. Craig was voted captain of the team, and it was like already predetermined before the vote. So you know that, like, when when as soon as Mike Weber's fucking rookie vote went in, they were like, "That's all we need." <laughs> Craig Ravey, captain of the Buffalo Sabers. I'm just joking. I didn't vote for him though, but he knows that. We've already discussed this. So anyway, what's up, Riv? You seem a little frazzled today. No, um. But you know what? We've uh, we've known each other a long time, been together a long time. Speak every morning, speak multiple times a day, speak about our show, what we can get better at, speak about playoffs, speak about everything. And then all yeah. of a sudden you throw a bone like a little teaser. I want to know right now <laughs> where I'm not doing this show. What happened? I'm not doing the show until you tell me <laughs> what you were talking about on the phone. With who? With me. Said you had to go. I, I did. It's important. Geo. So I hung up. I've been, I've been getting a lot of calls today, Geo. In fact, Geo even called me earlier, Rev, by the way. So uh, I've been getting a lot of calls today and I let Craig go and I, and I took this call <laughs> and I swear to God, I swear to get Gio. I, did I not tell you this yes, story already? Yes, I swear Craig called me as soon as I hung up on him. I, he called me. First of all, I got a call while I was on the phone with him. I said, I got to go. I got to take this. So I hung up on him. He's like, what do you, what, what, what? no, you're not going. We're working. I'm like, no, no, no. I got to take this call. So then, then he, he, he doesn't take his back. work seriously, Gio. He, he calls me back five minutes later, three minutes, two minutes later, and he's like, did you know the and he starts rifling off all this information, and I said, I said, no, I didn't know that. I said, I got to go. I'm on the phone. He's like, what do you got going on over there? What do you got? And I go, click, and I hung up on him. <laughs> right? I'm telling you the truth. I bet he called me 30 times, 30 times in the next four minutes after following that to find out what the hell is going on in my life today. You're just busy. It's just a big day for you. Whatever. What do you Craig? So what's uh, what's the big news? Like, why are people phoning you? What did you, what stupidity did you put on Twitter this time? It's May 5th, buddy. It's a good it's day. May, it's May, May the 5th be with you. I'll get it. May 5th to me is like, and I'm not even looking at any, any data or anything here, but May 5th to me, it's like the equivalent to September 13th to you. Oh, is it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. (gasps) Oh man. I hope you have a wonderful. Oh, thanks, Riv. Thanks. Thanks. What a friend. No idea. No idea. Quit our jobs together. <laughs> Thelma and Louise out of the fucking radio show right into the podcast, and you don't even know what my birthday is. All right. So what are you? 42? Yeah, is that Nathan? Yeah, Nathan Gerby. Is he 42? Yeah, I'm 43, so you're you're younger than I am, Petey, right? I'm 42. Yeah. Gio and I were drafted the same draft for all you people out there that want to say Buffalo screwed that one up. Oh, did they ever. What were you drafted, P? 34th. I was the 82nd. That's a big miss on some scouts. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, little miss. What were you, <laughs> what were you, uh, what were you rated to go? Me? Yeah. 
Anywhere between the third and not being drafted no, 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 at I all. I didn't ask that. I'm like, what was the actual, what was your central scouting rating at the end? I don't even think I was on central. I didn't get invited to central scouting. Like back in the day, they had like the big central scouting. I don't know, whatever. It wasn't a combine back then, but. They had kind stuff. of like a combine. Yeah, there was yeah. a you testing had to of be sorts. Rated. You no, had to buddy. Be. I'm telling you, I was not. I was like, I had to. So you went I, 82nd overall, which yes. is a. Third, third round, round draft. Third right? round. Third round. And you're going to tell me you weren't even rated on the central scouting rating list? No. I wasn't invited to the central scouting thing. I wasn't. I had, like, teams called me in. So, like, the Sharks called me in. The Devils called me in to their wherever to go do a workout and private meetings. Not, like, draft weekend. Like, this is other times. So, I did, like, three or four of those where I got brought in for workouts and meetings ahead of the draft, not at the draft, not like you, you know, hit the round at the hotel meetings. This was like a month before the draft. And that sucked, by so the way. I had to do a bunch of that what too. what everybody else didn't. What's that? What'd you Central say? Central scouting knew what everybody else didn't. What'd they know? They knew you had a, you had a shitty attitude. <laughs> yeah, that must have been it. Dude, they... they <laughs> in today's day and age, I would have been a top five pick. Jesus, Gio, let us pat you on the back. Yeah, holy oh, buddy. oh my <laughs> God. Wow. Buddy, to all the hey. people that passed me up, Lou Lamorello came through. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good for you, Gio. Good for you. It's nice to know you still don't have a chip on your shoulder about it, though. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, this is my day. So we're not, not talking about Gio. So uh, any, any comments on the playoffs before we get into our Sabres uh, season-ending grades? As I was very impressed as I tore through many notebooks trying to find that. This is the original. That's the original. Look at that one. And then yep. here, here's the final, here's the final uh, nice little written-out form for, for you. Well, I'm not going to send it out, but for you guys. So thoughts did on you, the playoffs? Did you guys get to watch any of the games yeah i watched the toronto tampa game the first two periods uh last night flipping back and forth a little bit to the boston game um and how about that hit oh my lord perfect clean as textbook textbook clean as day not even gonna argue with you on that one no textbook there's no arguing just solid right through the Mm -hmm. body well, the last time the we saw chest. a hit like that, I, I'm not even kidding you, where a guy comes around the net, what, bang, like, <laughs> just a terrible play. How does he not see it? How does he not Come see in. that? How do you not expect that? Yeah. And he, I, that's what I don't understand. You deserve to get hit like that if you're going you're gonna to play the puck like that. There's not much hitting in the league, right? Like, there's not that much finish your check type of hitting, right? So you come around the net, you make a play, and you don't expect to get hit anymore. So now it's just you let your guard down and he got hammered. He still had the puck. He was releasing it when he got hit. There was nothing dirty about that hit. Perfect. Yep. Yep. I'll tell you right now, Boston is in very big trouble. And my, my thought, and I watched all, I watched all the games except for, for the Edmonton uh, LA King game, which looks like it was completely lopsided in a six, one or a six, nothing win. Uh, Edmonton over LA, but I watched the other three and, you know, Tampa Bay, you knew two time Stanley cup champs and, and what they have on their team 
they are loaded from top to bottom. Okay. You knew that they were going to have a rebound game and they did that in a big way. Toronto Maple Leafs, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a bit of a struggle. It's a bit of a head scratcher. I had, uh, I had a buddy that, uh, that sent me a text this morning at 6.08. So obviously this guy was up doing his workout. Is this a repeat story? Because you told a similar story yesterday about uh, Darlene or Makar. So are you making this shit up on the spot here? Nope. This is, uh, okay. this is a buddy that knows hockey. Same well guy that texted you yesterday about Makar and Darlene? Uh, Could have been. Okay. Um, and this guy said, uh, least don't have enough depth to win in the playoffs. He says 34 and 16 has been great, but can't, but can't have enough depth to win in the playoffs with four guys making that much. Only one player has played in a Stanley cup finals in a cup finals with a $10 million cap hit. Do you know who that player is? Geo played in a cup a finals. $10 million cap hit player played in the cup finals. Yeah, you know basically saying there's only dollars. one, there's, there's only, only one guy, the one player ever to ever play that makes $10 million that to be in the Stanley cup. Finals. Oh, okay. 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 I was Craig, I, Craig and I discussed this this morning, so I know who it is. So, so you, you, look at, um, you look at Toronto Maple Leafs, they $10 have million, $10 million dollar hit in the finals. I'll let you think about it. Stamkos isn't 10. Trying to think of what. As you're thinking, I'm I'm just going to dissect okay. what this guy said. Yeah, like so. Thirty four and sixteen, or let are, me cut it. Let me cut it a little bit on that. It's game two, and if you watch, if you watch that game, the save that Vasilevsky made right before the Perry goal. So it's a tie. No one nothing tie game. Something. It's a close game, right? Regardless. Vasilevsky makes an unbelievable glove save from a slot shot, prime scoring chance. He's down and out, makes a huge save. Ten seconds later is where Hedman hits him, Perry, for the long breakaway pass. Goal changes the momentum of that game. Completely changes the momentum of that game. Toronto is not getting overpowered. They're not like they dominated game one. You know what I mean? And so this is game two. You knew... Like you said, the two-time Stanley Cup champions, we're not going to just come back for game two and be like, oh, we got smoked and, you know, we're not very good and we're just going to come out flat. No, you knew they were going to have some pushback. It's game two. They split in Toronto going down to Tampa. Now your mindset for me, if you're Toronto, is get a split in Tampa and now we're we're going a three-game series with us two games at home. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think you write off Toronto yet. I don't, I'm not writing off Toronto. I, I, I agree I don't like that the maybe they don't, don't, don't have the win. depth and 34 and 16 are playing good in the playoffs. So that storyline is no longer, but that's two games in. They go well, dry the next three games, and now the, the narrative changes on those two. Yes. You know what I mean, so no, no I think question it's early in this series to be going. Sorry. But again, when you have three $11 million players. Terry Price. $10 million cap hit. There you go. Yep. In the finals. Sorry. <laughs> Last year. <laughs> yeah. But when you have three $11 million players, I mean, you're eating, especially in today's cap, where, you know, the cap went backwards 
for a couple of years due to the, you know, mm-hmm. COVID and everything else. And, and, uh, you know, the pain that the NHL has suffered. Um, I'm not even saying that they don't even have depth because they, they, they have a lot of good hockey players. I mean, they have a, a lot of really good hockey players, but for me, I just, uh, the makeup of Tampa Bay and looking at the Tampa Bay lightning, I mean, Toronto is just not the do, same makeup. Do you draw that conclusion because they've won the last two years? Say Tampa has that same makeup, but they haven't broke through the last two years and won. You know what I mean? Like, they're just yep. a good team. They make playoffs. Tampa hasn't get even to won a second real cup or, yet. Get, get to the second or third round, and, and you're out. But you're a good team, built really good. Depth, you know what I mean? I th- I think you're looking at that team differently. It's that's the 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 fine line between thinking that you have a contender and now being a Stanley Cup champion and having legitimacy behind your lineup is not much different. Like, it, yeah, but I don't Tampa know. Tampa Bay you know has I mean? been a has been a built machine for years. You know, yeah, you're looking at the last. Years. You're looking at the last two years that they that they've won the Stanley Cup. They put they put pieces um, together. The you know the Goudreau, um, Zach Bogosian. They brought in they brought in certain players. Um, Coleman. They brought in certain players that were integrated into the lineup, and it's exactly what they needed. They needed the sandpaper. Okay, but I I, I look at you know you go before the two years that they won the Stanley Cup. In 2018 and 2019 season, Tampa Bay had one of the best seasons that we've seen in, I, I don't even know how long. They had 128 points that year. Yeah, that was the year they got, uh, they got wins, swept they, they by lost Columbus. Yeah. They lost four straight, and they changed but they their just team come in off, the next they just come off. They just come off a conference finals appearance the year before that. 17-18, they're in the conference yep. finals, were they not? Because they beat us in Boston. Like, I was playing for Boston, and they beat us. And I believe they were conference, went to the conference finals that year. So you, you can say they had a great regular season then kind of shit the bed against Columbus, but they'd been building for years. They'd already had a couple conference finals appearances. So for that me, that's just, to, that, that's, that just a one, that's just a one-off to Columbus, right? Like, that's just a... I think that was an eye opener for them. No, I think that's what made them. That's what make them. That's what made them go and make the moves that they made to get more physical, bigger, stronger. That's and right. Then they, yeah, and then yeah, they yeah, went exactly. on because Columbus failed. thumped them. They failed by playing against a very rugged, fast, highly intense team in Columbus. They knew that they had the star power and the skill set because they showed it with 62 wins and 128 points in 2018-19 season. But they knew to play in the playoffs, to win championships, they had to change what they, you know, how they looked at going into the playoffs. And they did that. They brought in, they brought in three, four players and, well, and but- changed the mindset. The maturity of Sorella, Sorelli, you know what I mean? Like, though, like Vasilevsky. Yeah, like there, there's lots that goes into it, you know, but. And they were also not cash strapped at that time because they weren't paying Vasilevsky nine and a half. They weren't paying Kucherov nine and a half. They weren't paying a lot of players that were making 
the money that, that they are now. Yeah. So 1920, did you see them win in the cup? You know what I mean? Like, do you like coming off of that? How do, sweep, you not, how do you not say they should be not winning the cup? They had 62 wins and 128 points. No, no. I'm I, saying that the next season. So after they get swept from Columbus, right? So that's 1920. 2021. So yeah, that yep. was the next two years they've won yep. the cup. You know what I mean? That's right. So you come out of that disappointment from the playoffs in the first round, you weren't talking about them being a contender. You were talking about them sucking last year and, and losing yep. a, a series they shouldn't have. That You could flip that to Toronto right now. The last two years, they've, they've underperformed in the playoffs or whatever number of years you want to call it. They've underperformed. If they break free and beat Tampa, now all of a sudden no one's saying that they're not deep enough. They don't have a team to win. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but what if, they, what if they do lose again for the fourth straight year in the first round? I don't know that you can be disappointed in that. You're playing the two-time Stanley Cup champion in the first round. That's why I said a month ago that the first round sometimes is the hardest round to get out of. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and, listen, and then I once mean, you get out of it, then you build momentum, right? Like, okay, you've got some confidence. You know how to play playoff so hockey. So what do you do, And then it Gio? just builds. What do you do three years ago, two years ago, even last year, when you go and you see, you know, your team falling short in the playoffs? What do you do? You go and make changes. The problem is they don't have money to make yeah. changes. They have yeah. no money because they're paying, this is my point, they're paying three guys $11 million. yeah. They don't have any flexibility. So the whole point of what we're talking about right now, and my, my, my friend that sent me this text in the morning, I mean, Toronto is in deep trouble because in the history of the National Hockey League, there's only been one player, one that has made $10 million or more. And that was Carey Price last year. So what, what that's showing me and that, what, what that's telling me is that you can't have guys that are, are taking up all of the money in, I, I, in the salary cap. I, I agree with you 100%. The one thing I will say, though, you're saying in the history of the NHL, no one making $10 million. Let's break that down over to the last five to seven years that those salaries have been that big, right? No. Like, it, it's not 100 years that you're – Hundred year runway that you're dealing with that it's never happened. Fifteen years it's happened ago, in, yeah, but Gio, it's happened but in five to seven years. Yeah, small now the salary size. cap is is eighty something million as opposed to fifteen years ago being forty something million. Uh, that's a good so, point. That's, like, a, that's, like, a, that's and, a Boston and I, College point right there. I agree with you. They have too many at that number. What I'm saying is, I think it's a little early to make the argument solely based on the ten million dollar number that no one has done it in history that there's only been one team to make the finals and no one has won it with a $10 million player. It's just the landscape has changed with that salary. That's all. That's the point. I agree with you, though, on the point that they are, they've handcuffed themselves with being able to make themselves a much deeper, better team because of the money they're paying out. Like to they're three in guys. trouble because they still have that McAuliffe and... I don't know if you guys I, – I know that both of you guys are watching Toronto play Tampa. I'm, I'm a huge fan of this kid. 
I think he's I think he's a fantastic hockey player. He had a real solid season this year with 21 goals in 53 games. He can fly. He he works his butt off. He's unrestricted. He he how yeah. much money is this kid gonna make? He's six but, foot three, two hundred pounds. He can skate like the wind. He works his ass off. How every, you, how do you keep that kid? Every every team that has success, every team that's at the top of the cap are dealing with these issues. Look at Tampa. They've had to deal with those issues the last two years, and they've made the right decisions, even though you've lost your Coleman's, you've lost your uh johnson's your well they uh, lost jt uh, miller yeah you remember yeah, that like, one they yeah, had to for get sure. rid of jt miller who's now a 95 point player in vancouver yeah they trade him away for a first round draft yeah, pick. yeah well that they've had to make those hard decisions and they've they've worked for him right like so toronto here is gonna have to make those decisions over the next few years if they want to continue to be a good team because like you're not going to be able to sustain Who's it. Who's making those, those decisions, though? That's the question. Is it going to be Dubas? I don't know. I don't necessarily think it's going to be Dubas, but we'll see. Are you done with your leave conversation, Riff? I mean, it's great, but, I mean, it's long. No, I listen, I <laughs> Sorry. mean. Uh, I, I, I created a longer one just no, by. You know, you're, I'll, I'll you're our you guest, this. Gio. You can talk about whatever you want. Craig Am I needs- really a guest anymore? Like, can we drop the guest portion? Like, can we do part timer? I don't like, know. Craig, that's a conversation. Like, like a guest is like Craig and I need to have Craig and I need to have a minor league player. We like you have Chris Pronger on as a guest. You have someone else <laughs> as a guest. When I'm a weekly, when I'm a weekly go. I don't no, know no. if I'm a guest I don't anymore. Know. Craig, you're we'll, off. We'll... Uh, you're off a PTO, a player uh, tryout. <laughs> hey, hey, Craig, we'll have a meeting in the boardroom later about this issue. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I'll tell you this: I, I I've enjoyed thoroughly because the star power, the skill level, the speed of the game. There's got physicality in in the game. Tampa Bay, uh, Toronto has been uh, it's been awesome, and I hope it goes to seven. And I, you know. For me, it's like, I think Petey said it the other day, and uh, he's he wants to see Toronto win so bad. I think there's a lot of people, even my son. My son is an absolute diehard Montreal Canadiens fan. Born there, he is he is knows everything that's going on with the team, transactions. But he said, Dad, I want to see Toronto win. I want to see Toronto win. I think they need it for their fan base. And I'm sitting there. I, I had a little sit down. I said, Nate, you need to sit down and we're going to have a little conversation. I'm like, do you even understand what you're talking about right now? Let me explain this to you. I said, how many, how many Tampa Bay Lightning fans? They've won the cup the last two years, right? And he got, yep. I said, how many Tampa Bay fans, obnoxious Tampa Bay Bay fans, have you seen come out of the woodwork in the last? You know years? why? Be quiet. You got about. Quiet. No. Let me finish you, my goddamn point. You have about as many Tampa Bay fans globally as the entire tons. city of Mississauga. There's, there's tons of Tampa Bay fans. Okay, and I'm going to tell you this: <laughs> they're not obnoxious. They just go about their day with their two Stanley Cups. If you had Toronto Maple Leafs win the Stanley Cups, you would have every Tom, Dick, and Harry bandwagoner from 100%. here to Timbuktu that's going to be shoving in your face. You're going to have fucking flags on every friggin' car. You're going to have bumper stickers. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. They're almost voting voting season. They're a better story. I said not not winning. I said said, you need to understand. I said you're a Montreal Canadian fan. Yeah, yeah. Dad love them. I said, well, you're cheering for the devil. (laughs) Is that what you want, Nate? You want to cheer for the devil? Because that's Way to mold your kid's leave. brain, Craig. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Way to my... steer him and tell him how to all think. My, all my buddies back home, all the years I oh, the, what you would back hear? every fucking summer, <laughs> all their Toronto Maple Leaf bullshit, Matt Sundin, this, that. This Shut is a the therapy session. Up, for oh, kids. my God. He's I can't stand Toronto. I, I can't stand him. I agree. I was in Montreal. You know Geo, you were in Montreal. I was in Montreal. Five years, man. Yeah. You know exactly yes. what I'm talking about. If there's one organization in the entire league that you do not want to win, because you know that my, you know that Toronto is going to turn around. They're going to yeah. go on social media. They're going to yeah. go everywhere, and they're going to go after Montreal. They don't even care about who they beat. Just watch it. Just watch if they win a series, oh, what happens. Jesus. You know what I mean? Like what the people will say oh, if they God. win a series. And they're saying that about us in Montreal, right? Like, oh yeah, you know, that but whole, you know what? We're whole, but yeah. Montreal are a bunch of losers. They're they're <laughs> like, but Toronto, this is their time to shine, and they're dropping the ball. So let's keep them there. Go Tampa. <laughs> All right, I'm for Tampa, anyways. Yeah, hell of a. Pro well, yeah, scout. yeah, yeah. The last thing I'm gonna say, brother. Last thing I'm gonna say about the yeah, my brother's a pro scout. So, hey, well, I can't have him win a third one though. Like it's. He's already fucking showing me his Stanley Cup rings. He's got two of them, and they're twice the size of mine. But yeah, you, you what, want him to win. I'll tell third. you what. He couldn't lift the cup by himself. He needed me to lift the cup with him over his head. I told that story. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's brutal. So, that's brutal. Hey, you may have your two, but you can't lift it yourself. But I, that's what I don't understand. So even as so, if if you're a member of the team, like uh, the scouting staff, it has to be handed. To, you, he can't hoist it over his head. He can't hoist it over his head without someone else, right? Like me holding the other side of it or something like that. I don't know where the cutoff is, right? So coaches, like they obviously can. I I, I don't know it's the cutoff. Just the rules are so ridiculous. Like right. it's so ridiculous. Uh, okay. So Stand Tampa, yeah. Let's let's take no, Tampa in that series. You can take Tampa. I'm, I'm I gotta stick with my Toronto. Um, let's do some saber grades here. Is that all you guys wanted to talk about in the playoffs? Was there anything else you wanted to mention? Anything nah. else, Craig? You want to get off your chest? I've got ten seconds. Oh boy. Boston Bruins are down and out. Goaltending. What are you doing? Goaltending. They are. They just. I mean, all of their players just look off they just look off um 
I don't know. I think their window in Boston is, is definitely behind them. Right. I just do not have the feeling, even with Marshawn, who looks like the, he's not the same guy and Pasternak's world-class and so is Bergeron. But it, I mean, they just are not where they need to be. It's not the, the normal Bruins team. So it's concerning for a Bruins fan if they're watching what they're watching. Yeah, I just don't think they have the the depth, the like you said, they they're just not they're not gelled enough together. Like they're not clicking. None of their lines are clicking, none of their D are clicking, goaltending's not clicking. They're just they may have the right players, it's just not happening. They're kind of right like now. they're they're kind of like for me in Pittsburgh, where Pittsburgh's you know, they're opportunity to win has been open for like 10 years now but it is going to slowly start to close because Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin who have run that show for for a decade are still are still absolutely amazing players but it is going to they're going to have a fall from grace very soon because once the body shuts down, once the body that doesn't move the same it 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 goes downhill quickly. So, all right. Well, Gio, we've been talking the last couple of days here about the Sabers, and I don't know if you saw locker room cleanout and stuff. We'll get into our uh, season final grades and stuff like that. We'll go over our midterm grades. We have to. We had to, there's a couple alterations we had to make, but I'll make those on the fly as we go. But uh, any takeaway from Kevin Adams, Don Granado, locker room cleanout, anything like that? Well, I think the one takeaway I think you can do it is, right, like they didn't want the season to end. They felt that they were building something good. Uh, and so they want they want to get back at it right away. They want to be back to it as quick as possible. They want to continue the momentum that they were building, what they were building. Uh, for me, that's the takeaway is that they, they want this offseason to go by as quick as possible. Everyone's excited to be back already. Um, and the disappointment that they're still not playing in the sense that they they were building something good. So I, I think that's what everyone, you know, and I, I think with Kevin's remarks, what he's saying, right, like he's going to look to improve his team. But like what he said about the goalies, he's not going to box out certain players uh, just to have a quick Band-Aid type of fix uh, for the short term. Like we've said many times on the show, he's going to build this team and continue to stay patient within that, uh, with giving the young guys the opportunities that they they feel they they get they deserve and that they're earning. That's my takeaway. All right. Well, and how do you feel about it? How do you feel I, about that? I think that's exactly what you need to do. Okay. Right. Like you make some band aid fixes for the next two years. And now you're. Well, we're not talking band aids. You're scratching. You're scratching the playoffs, right? But then, does it hurt you in years five, six, seven because you made those quick band aids, the the two year so deals? I, I, every I think, GM, every GM for the last number of years have been putting band aids in. Like yeah. I can go over and tell you, like literally fifty players that have been in and out of this lineup that have been band aids. Yeah. But when you have a really deep strong core of young players okay and when i say young i'm including an alex tuck i'm including uh, a 25 year old alex tuck I, i'm including tage thompson who's 20 uh 24 
Peyton Krebs, 21, Dylan Cousins, 21, and you just middle stat 22, and you look at our back end. At what point in time do you need to put a, a significant piece with these players? Because there's not a lot of, of opening on this team. I would, I would imagine Jack Quinn next year is a shoe-in to be on this team. So when you look at what we have, there's, there's like one, maybe, and I mean maybe two spots available on the forward line. Do you not go at this point in time to go and, and put a significant piece in your lineup to help the younger players move to another level? And I only go back to Chicago back in the day when they went and picked up Marion Hosa. They went and got a significant piece to play with these players. To Jonathan Taves and the Patrick Canes. I look at, I look at Sidney Crosby. Two three, two, three years in the league. Go and look at what Sidney Crosby, uh, they added, you know, Bill Guerin, who was a 40-goal scorer at the time, who played a certain style, had leadership qualities. The Sergei Gonchar, they added players to their lineup that made those really young players even better. I, I don't we don't think... need four players. We need one player, maybe one player of significance to go out and, and continue to build. Do, do you mean... I, I, do you mean significance is in the fact is a clear cut superstar in the league or a guy that is just a great a player? A, I, I agree with you, but, or a guy that's just a good player, good leader and compliments this team. I think that's what Kevin is saying is that he's not going to go out and make this huge splash just to make this huge splash. And then you, you're setting back cousins, you're setting back, uh, Krebs, you're setting back these guys. Queen. Why are we setting back I mean, those guys? What, what I'm saying is if you bring in a guy or two that is going to take that ice time from them, do you yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I think that's what he's saying when he says stuff is he's not going to do that. He's going to look to add guys. He's going to look to add guys that can complement these guys, that can help them grow, but he's not going to box them out. You know what I mean? He's not going to bring in someone to box them out. Now, goaltending, goaltending, I think it's just a matter of internal, where they feel their goaltending situation is for the future. Where is, where, is, where is, is it their in UPL? Situation? Is it in Levi? Where does it stand? Because I still think you need someone for the next few years. Even with both those guys maturing a little bit. So you need, would you I, say? I, I think you need a two, three-year goalie. Close to a starter, you know what I mean? For so, two, three years. So do you I think. believe that do you believe that UPL is going to be the future in the next uh you know year or so? I don't I don't think you know that yet. I, no. I, I think No, I don't. There's 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 no he hasn't had any experience hurt all the time. But he hasn't had any experience. You don't know where he stands. He he's progressing nicely. You, you see him as a projecting out as a top goalie, but I think ultimately you're going to bring in a goalie that can be your goalie for two to three years, and then you're letting UPL and Levi fight it out possibly. So is that Craig Anderson? I, if he wants to be here, I think he's more of a short term. I don't think he's a two, three-year guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's... 
you need you need a starter. You need someone for the next couple of years to be your starter because those guys, regardless if they're on the roster, they're not going to be starter ready uh, for the next three years. So even if Ukapekalukan uh, is here next year, yeah, he's he's the second string goaltender. Yeah, he's playing he's playing twenty games. You know, maybe thirty, maybe thirty. 20 to 30 games. You need a guy and you're to seeing play where 50, you're seeing where he games. stands. Yep, you're seeing where he stands. And now if he continues to take off, then the decision will come through is what happens with Levi. Does UPL take over as a starter? Levi start uh back in him like so you think Levi the shift is over come the next- out of college and jump right into the National Hockey League? No, but that's what I'm saying. That's why I say you need someone for a minimum of 3 years to be your starting goalie. And that's not boxing UPL or Levi or your other depth goalies out of the organization. You know, do you go and sign a eight-year deal or a seven-year deal for a goalie? No, but you need someone for the next three years to be your goalie and and see where these young two young goalies stand. Is there a goaltender in mind that you that that uh, that fits the the mold of what you're looking for? Is a Mark Andre Fleury a guy that you feel that you can pull? And I don't even know if he would want to come. Yeah, yeah, your head is He's not coming yeah. here. I, I agree, but that, he he's Ribs is given a a type, right? Like a a. a There's certainly the market is not huge for that type of goalie, right? Like Darcy, any, any stud, you know, is being held to their teams, and then if you're not, you're basically fighting backup I don't, I don't know i don't know i haven't looked at the goalie market well this will have to, to be that. a conversation that we have uh next time you're on and throughout the summer because we're running out of time because i gotta go <laughs> <laughs> so we we have we have to get to our uh final grades of the season so i don't know if you guys want to start i will uh i'll name off a player i'll tell you guys what we gave them and then you guys can have your grades. Craig, try to keep your analysis to 30 seconds, please. Uh, uh, oh, that's unprofessional right there. But that's, you know, there you go. That's another birthday call right there, boys. Eh? Craig, thanks for your call. Um, Craig, keep the analysis short. All right. Last time, do you remember last time we did this, Gio? We were like, we'll bang this out yeah, in an hour. Exactly. We were on the, we, we had that a, work? a two part series and it was two hours long. Okay. Starting with this, we'll do the same list as last time. Starting with Jeff Skinner. Gio gave him a B minus. Craig gave him a B, and I gave him a B. So, Gio, where are you now? I'm at a B plus. Um, had a solid year. And I'm going to be pretty straight on. It's not a playoff team. So, some of these guys, if they were a playoff team, may be higher. But a B plus for him. He had a great bounce back year. I think he deserves a B plus. He did exactly what you needed out of him. Anthony, I gave him a B plus. Same reason. Um, you know, Jeff Skinner could be an A, but I just can't pa- get past his $9 million salary. And I know that has nothing to do with it, but uh, that's in the back of my mind. I mean, you know, Jeff Skinner could score 50 goals and still be overpaid at nine. Okay. But he had a real solid season. It's exactly what they want out of Jeff Skinner. So, Great season on him. I gave him an A, and I'll tell you quickly, I'll tell you why. 
I, I now listening to you guys, I don't think he deserves an A, but I gave him an A because I didn't think I'd ever see him get back to this level again. So good on him. Good on him. You know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put the salary aside for a minute. And I'm gonna say what a turnaround. Whatever you want to attribute that to, the player, the coach, the team, the line, whatever. What a turnaround. So I gave him an A. Kyle Oposo. Gio gave him a B plus. Craig, you gave him a B. I gave him a B plus. Gio. A minus. So I think he's uh he's right up there. Like leadership. Great year. Everything you could expect, moving him up and down the lineup, contributing offensively, contributing in the dressing room. Uh, he did everything that you want out of your older veteran guy to do. Contributed on and off the ice. Anthony? Yeah, I gave him, I gave him an A-. minus. Um, exactly what Gio said. He, he – was thrown in different positions throughout the entire year. One time he was playing on the top line, second line, third line, fourth line. Not that they name lines, but in every position that he was put in, he always seemed to, to, to play exceptionally well and make the players that he was playing, playing with better. 20 goals, 20 goals, huge year for, uh, for uh, Kyle Poso and, uh, you know, you just got to keep it going. Okay, I gave him an A. Um, no other explanation. You guys nailed it. Alex Tuck, Geo gave him an A. Craig B plus. Uh, I gave him an A, and uh, that was back, and he he just kind of started out, I think. So, Geo, where are you at? I'm at a B plus. I think he, and that's not like uh, I had an A. I don't think it's a, a significance between the two. I just my reasoning for this is. Great year, great addition to the team. Uh, we'll continue to build. Um, so uh, a high B plus, let's put it that way. Like a very good year, exactly what you need. I think you just not being here the whole year, uh, that's why it's a B plus. Craig? I gave him a C. Um, in the first, in the first half when he was playing the first 25 games he was um over a point a game he was creating a tremendous tremendous amount um the last 15 to 20 games of the season he seemed to falter a little bit in and and what i mean by that is the the top end elite players in the game produce every single game always creating and i love alex tuck's speed i love his size i love how he forechecks and i love his penalty kill like he did a lot of great things but i need him in order to give him a high-end grade because i'm i'm marking him very tough i need him to produce more points he seemed to falter in the second half of the year and that's why I'm I'm dropping him down to a C. I think that falter is due to long-term injury, right? Like just yeah. be, being ready to to handle the full grind of the year. Yeah, fatigue, you know what I mean, like fatigue you know, sets in, right? Like you come out, you're super I'm excited. I'm still not going to give him hundred percent. I I agree with you. I, what I'm saying is, I think that that plays into how his season ended. Yes. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, I'm giving you a D for Dick, and I'm going to give him another A because I thought his energy that he brought and, and everything was, was great. Um, 
<laughs> what? <laughs> what? Stupidest fucking grade I've ever yeah. I've ever seen. Give him a give him an A. Then get an A. You're making this like ridiculous. What? Like just hanging off his ball sack. Giving him an A. I gave I got there are three Terrible. A's already. Yeah, that's right. Like you're talking you're Stanley Cup contender guy, with three A's. Super happy. Like you non-playoff you're team, giving, you're giving everyone A's. What the hell are you gonna do? Why I'm are they giving, not a playoff team then? I'm giving everybody an A today. So Moving on, Olafson. Even he's going to get an A for me, Craig, because uh, what a finish he had. Bring him back. Sign him for $5 million. Gio, Victor Olafson, you gave him a C-. minus. I give him a B-. minus, And so basically struggled the first half, second half, uh, really good, lights out. So that's why I give the B-. And for my grading purposes, I'm using the whole of the year, not just the second half of the year I'm, I'm i'm combining the whole season together that's how i'm coming up with my grades you guys may be different but that's where my grading system comes to oh okay i'm going from the just so you guys know where i'm yeah. going from. i'm going from the second half where we left off yeah i'm, I'm, I'm giving an overall year okay and type of grade just so people okay. know where my grading system's coming from okay craig you gave him a c uh, I gave him a D plus the second half of the season. Um, <laughs> and the reason why is, I, I'm doing the second half of the season. First half, I gave him a C. Second half, I gave him a D plus. 20 games, the last 20 games of the season. You want to know how many points he had? One assist. It's not good enough. Um, I, I, need, I need more than just a couple draws in in uh, OT and then he skates off the ice. I need more than that from Cody Eakin. I expect more from that. I think he has more to offer, more to give. But this Olison. We're, we're talking Olison. Are we talking Olison? Yeah. I already gave him a B. No, I no, gave Olison a B. Okay. Well now now we know you gave him a B. Yeah. So okay, yeah. so you're you're yeah. on to Eakin. Okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. on to Eakin. Okay. All right. All right. Sorry. Well, I was I was still on Olafson. Um uh Gio, you gave Eakin a B minus at the at the at the half. Yeah, I gave him a C plus. So C plus is just above average, just out there doing his thing. Um, but to be a playoff team and to make that next step, that C plus needs to be a full grade higher, right? right? Like a guy like him needs to be at a B plus for this. Craig, team you said a D plus? Yes. Okay. D I mean, plus. 20 games. He played 20 games, uh, you know, the last 20 of the season. He had one assist, one, okay. and he was uh, minus, uh, you know, you know, the, the, the plus minus wasn't, wasn't terrible. Um, but I need, I need more from Cody Eakin. I, I expect more from Cody Eakin in, in, in the second half of the season. I know the team played very well, exceptionally well, but I need him to, uh, to be better be better uh i'm gonna give him an a um peyton krebs we didn't have a we too small sample size you want to give him a grade for the second half gave him a c plus um when he came here he was a c uh didn't have a huge sample size the kid certainly has a tremendous amount of uh um upside he's got He's got incredible skills. He works very hard. Um, 
it's going to be interesting to see where he goes with his game in particular. He's he's the kid that could be, you know, a 35 point guy in this league, or he could be a guy that scores you 60 points in this league. And we're not quite sure what we're getting from Peyton Krebs. He's extremely young. He's only 20, turning 20, 21 years old. He's got a lot, a lot of uh, work to do, but he's got world-class skills, vision, hockey IQ, and I really liked what I saw. He works extremely hard. I gave him a C plus because I'm giving him a C plus because I think he's got a, he's got a, a huge um, level. Yeah, it's just, unta- just untapped. It's just untapped. Right now. Just he's, untapped he's right now. And, and nothing to his, nothing that he's doing for that being untapped, except that he's just maturing as a player. He's gr- yeah, like he's, he's green. just coming of age. I gave him a B minus, not far off of you, Riz, yep. in the sense that, listen, he did exactly what he needs to do for his age, for this team, for his progression. It's just a matter of you'll see over the next couple of years that grade build and expectations change based off of the type of player he's going to be. Yep. All right, let's rip through this one. Bjork, uh, Gio, he gave him a C-, and then he got a D from Riv and a D from me. Uh, just can we get a grade on this one? Yeah, we, C-. I, okay. Like, there's nothing. He didn't – He was in and out Down the, the stretch, yeah, was, exactly. Okay. Not much. Uh, I, gave him an, I gave him an X because you can't grade, you can't grade a player, <laughs> and this is respect to Anders Bjork. You can't grade a player <laughs> when he doesn't play, okay? And – you know, I gave him a D before because he was in a position where he was not playing a lot. He was not playing a lot. He was not put in a position to utilize his skill set. Okay. And for me, I'm not going to mark Anders Bjork because I think it would be unfair to him. Um, so I'm just going to, you know, give him an X and move on. Because I think that he, if he's going to have success, he's got to be in a certain situation to have success. And I don't think they put him in it. Okay. Uh, uh, the X is funny. Tage Thompson, <laughs> Tage Thompson. He got an A minus from Geo, a B plus from Craig, and an A from me. I gave him an A. Uh, before I gave him a B plus. He was having a fantastic season. Um, one of the big things with Tage Thompson that I was looking for was him for him to have a full season. Okay. It's one thing to, to have, you know, your first 41 games of the season and play exceptionally well, but that's only 41 games. You have to play the rest of the season, the grind. And I think Tage Thompson did a really nice job uh, finishing off a very successful season. 38 goals scored this year. He almost had 70 points. Um, and I was really, really pleased with what he saw. I gave him an A. And I think that, uh, you know, you look to, you come back and, and you look to be consistent. Okay. You're looking for consistency with Tage Thompson. You're looking for him next year to be that 35 goal scorer and that 75 point player. And that would be a hell of a season for him next year. Gio, did you give a grade yet? I did. I didn't. Uh, a plus. So a, I think plus. extremely great, like unreal year for him. Consistent throughout. The top guy, even though the pressure continues to mount as the year goes on and teams know to key in on you, he was extremely consistent, uh, carried this team at times, and brought it every night. So A-plus for him. Yeah. Yeah, obviously an A for me as well. Uh, Let's get through the next couple rather quickly here. Anna Stroza, Gio B-plus, and a C and a C. Gio, where are you at? I give a B-plus just – Basically consistent, good locker room guy. 
uh, decent on the ice. So uh, did what is expected of him on this team. Yeah, the expectations for me and Vinny Henestrosa were were not real high, to be honest with you. Um, I look at I, I look at Vinny, and I hear I hear a lot of tremendous uh, things about him, his character, and who he is as a person um, in that dressing room. These are key key elements of why this team did play so well at the end. Guys like Vinny Henestrosa, with their attitude, he I gave him a C. To end the year, I gave him a B. Now, I want you to understand something. Like, he did not put up a lot of points. Like, his last 10 games or 12 games, I think he had, you know, two goals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, I go beyond just goals and assists, and I look at the intangibles. His energy on the ice was completely infectious. How hard he works, how tenacious he is. He did not produce points. There was probably, I think he had two points in 15 games. But what he did intangible-wise was fantastic. I'll bump him up from, uh, I gave him him a B. Okay, I gave him a C. I'll give him a C plus. Um, Asplund, C, C minus D. I moved him up to a C plus. Um, I think his overall season was consistent. Um, at the start of the year and what I'd watched, I gave him a C minus. I moved him up to a C plus for the second half of the year. He is someone to me that is a, uh, a movable piece, possibly moving forward. He is a, a player for me with the 12 forward roster of next year he is someone that can be replaced by someone better that is a certain type of player that will help the team more yeah and i i think i had him as a c i think uh, everything you touch on right like for this team to be a playoff team a person in his position needs to be higher than what he is he needs to be a b so either he needs to add to his game or like you said it's a it's a chance for an upgrade with a different type of player in that role. So that's why it's a C for me. I'll give him a C as well. Dylan cousins, B, B minus a, I had him as a B, uh, good steady year, um, progressing and just learning, right? Like maturing and learning. So, uh, solid year. Um, I wouldn't say great. I wouldn't say bad, just a solid all the way. Um, and just continue to progress as a young guy what you want out of them. Um, He's an interesting one for me because Dylan Cousins, I had a higher expectation for him to start this season. Okay. He's 20 turning 21 this year. It's, it's only his uh, second full year in the national hockey league. It's, it's his first full time playing in front of fans, you know, and these are, these are, factors that that you have to take in. I can say this, that I did have higher expectations for him offensively. Okay. Um, I gave him a B minus for the first 41 games and I gave him a B minus to end the season. I think his game has matured and we have not even come close to seeing what we're going to get out of a Dylan cousins in the future. I think moving forward in the next year, you're going to see a, a stronger, more confident Dylan Cousins in his game, which I think will reflect 
on him producing more points. He had a solid year with, I think, 13 goals and 25 points, but I expect Dylan Cousins to be, if we're making the playoffs, Dylan Cousins got to be that 20-point guy and that 50 50 Yeah, I think he's a 20-goal Twenty goal guy. If yep. you're twenty goal playoff. guy, he's going to be playing against other teams' top lines. He's big. He's strong. He's fast. But offensively, as he gets older, as his body matures more, and he gets more confident in his game, you're going to see him take off. So I'm just going to give him a B minus. Okay, I'm going to give him an A. Um, middle stat. He didn't get a grade at 41. He's been hurt all year. Where are you guys at with middle stat? I gave. I'll, I'll give him a, a, a B. Um, I was pleased with Casey Metalstat's game. It's hard to miss in an almost uh, half the season or more than half the season and come back and jump right in and, and start to have success. He had two different injuries where he had missed a significant amount of time. Um, but I always go back to Paulie Hamilton. Paulie Hamilton, watching him at training camp, Everybody spoke about Casey Middlestat being the best player at training camp this year and then got hurt in game one. I mean, derailed his season. I think there's lots more to come for Casey Middlestat. I think he's hungry. I think he watched what Tage Thompson did this year, and I think he's pissed off. I think internally, deep down inside, I think he's pissed off because he wants to have success, and he's going to work his ass off. He's going to come back, and we're going to get a pretty damn good Casey Middlestat. I gave him a B-. minus. I, I completely right, right? Like, so injuries derail a lot. And I don't think people take into account, yeah, you come back, maybe, maybe, even if you're at 100% injury-wise, you're not at that 100% of fitness, that, that timing, that, that skill set that you were when you came into camp. So I agree. I think Middlestat is hungry. I think he's, I don't want to use the word jealous, but I think he's absolutely looked at Thompson and said, that's the year that he wanted to have coming into camp. That's the year he expected to have coming into this camp. Yep. I feel great. I feel confident. Came into camp feeling strong and confident. Got hurt game one, and it derailed it. And so now I think his expectations for himself were what Thompson had this year. So I think next year, with a full summer of getting healthy, strong, coming back confident, I think your middle stat will have that breakout year. And listen, Casey Middlestat played a large part of his season with Rasmus Aspen and and, and uh, Victor Olson. Victor Olson struggled immensely um, for a large part of the season, but played exceptionally well at the end. And Rasmus Asplund isn't an offensive player. He's never been an offensive player in all the years he's 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 played hockey. So you know he's arguably playing on the second line, and that's not where he should be. You need you need to fix that position because Casey Middlestat can make guys around him better, but he needs guys that can actually put the puck in the net. All right. I'll give, uh, I'll give Middlestat a, a B minus. Um, Zemgus Gergensen's. I had him as a B great. Uh, just injury. That's the only reason injured, not around. He's but infectious great, great when guy. he plays. He's his energy and uh, is huge towards the team. Um, he is one of the, the the more physical players and energy players. So uh, you know, I give him a B B plus. All right, let's get to the defense. I don't know what we will pass on a grade for Butcher. Uh, pass on a grade for uh, Bryson uh, Fitzgerald. Uh, we'll do Darlene, Yoki Harju, 
Pesic, Samuelson, and uh, is Miller just Miller? I mean, he's been no, hurt no. pretty much all Played year. All year. So, uh, okay, so we'll uh, we'll finish with Darlene. We'll go with uh, Owen Power. You guys want to no. say something quickly about him? No, I mean it's Honorable it's too mention. early. Yeah, for sure. He good looked start. he looked really good. It, it's going to be very good for him for the future um, because I think he's going to feel more comfortable coming into training camp next year and starting the season. So it's it looks really good for him. All right, Mark Pasek uh, got a B, B, C. Where are you guys at? B, B, C. B, same as before. Yeah, like my expectations for for Mark is is exactly what he he's he's a solid player. He's a locker room guy. He's extremely well liked, and when he was on the ice, he played a solid brand of hockey. He's not uh, exceptional in anything that he does, but he's very a calming influence. I gave him a B. And I will give him a B minus. All right, uh, Henry Yokiharji. We get, he got a C across the board. For me, he stayed at the same. It was just more of the same for him. Um, I think other D stood out more uh, than he did, so I, I'm keeping him at the C. Yeah, I I gave him. Uh, I started with a C the first half of the season. I thought he he played very well in the second part of the season, and and what I mean by that is for the first time in his NHL career, he actually played second-line power play. He took a bigger role. He was playing a lot of minutes. He played 10 games with with Owen Power, who's uh, a young rookie in the league. He's a calming influence. Um, As much as he does not look like he is um, doing amazing things, he's very calming in the way that he plays. I gave him a B. Uh, and Matthias Samuelson, anybody, Craig, I, uh, I mean, I just mean Craig, no, it it's obvious. B, B plus. Ahead, I had him, I had him at a B plus good young guy progressing. Well, uh, good addition played extremely well. Uh, you know, important to this team in the future. Remember Massive what happened up. last time, Gio, we said two small sample size and Craig goes, Hey, yeah. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Um, it was a small sample size. I gave him an A. Um, throughout the the time that he played in Buffalo, he has he has a tremendous upside in his style of play. Okay, he's very big, he's mobile, he moves the puck well, he can have he can be physical. Um, but I gave him a B. I gave him a B. I think he moved down and played somewhat uh, half the season. Um, there were games that he was exceptionally good, and there's games that he was struggling. Um, you know, with some situations, but his overall game moving forward is going to be fantastic. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin. He got a C, a B plus and a B minus. And I would just like to start this one. <laughs> My favorite player in the NHL, gentlemen, uh, I'm going to give him an A plus. Uh, I was a little critical on him earlier in the year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he took, took that to heart, and that, he really uh, he took, took off after I your just, criticism. I take full responsibility for his turnaround, but I don't want to make this about me, so uh, I'm going to give him an A. He's looking really as, I had him at an A minus. I had him at a C before. I was hard on him. Uh, I just didn't think his overall game was there. I think he's getting there. He's taking off. Uh, he's he's learning. He's progressing. Uh, he's one heck of a D man. Had a great second half. Yeah, I will say this. Uh, Darlene started the first half. I gave him a B plus. And the reason why I gave him a B plus, he didn't have the Samuelson. He didn't have the power. He didn't have 
um, the the Krebs and the Tuck and players like that in the lineup. And he had a lot on his plate, and I thought he did a, a nice job. He made a lot of mistakes. He made mistakes defensively. We all saw them, but he never quit, and he kept, kept on pushing, and I think that's uh, admirable. The second half of the season, you saw a huge uh, amount of growth. He became a 25-minute guy a game, 26-minute guy a game. He was eating up power play, penalty kill, regular uh, playing against the top teams in the league, and he did exceptionally well. I gave him an A to end the season. I remember I said at the uh, during the last show I'm only giving him a B minus because because uh, he's going to the All Star game. I was I mean, and what a turnaround! What a turnaround! Uh, quick quick couple notes before we get out of here. Um, Ashlyn just she wrote yesterday just did the math in hours, and I've listened to over three days worth of After the Whistle since October. Crazy to think about, but a testament to the content you guys put out. The last six, seven months has flown by and can't believe it's almost time for episode 100. Thank you for your time and commitment. And lastly, uh, we got a tweet to the show yesterday, admitted to the hospital unexpectedly. Uh, good thing for After the Whistle podcast. Super fan of the show. Thanks, fellas. So he's uh, he's been listening to us in the hospital. I you know, sent him a little note and uh, just said, After the Whistle is the only thing that's kept him, kept him uh, sane in there. So... Appreciate the support from everybody. Tom, hope you get get well soon and get out of the hospital. Gentlemen, thanks for your time today. Fun being on. Thanks a lot, boys. Yeah, it's commitment. Working on your birthday. See you, boys. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator 76 And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.